the Monkey Mind Podcast, your number one platform for athletes and mental health. Hosted by Danny Perez and Anthony Florentino. This is episode 57 featuring Jamie Shupp with Daily Bag of Goodness. She is a nutritional therapy practitioner out of St. Louis, Missouri, and our second nutritional therapy practitioner we've had on the pod next to episode 55's guest, Caitlin Hawk. So without further ado, let's get into the episode after a word from our sponsor. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Daily Dose CBD Inc. Daily Dose CBD Inc. creates full-spectrum CBD products ranging from tinctures, bombs, and dog treats. Research has shown that CBD has successful results in aiding in the following areas. Anti-inflammation, anxiety, PTSD, help with breaking addiction, neuroprotection, epilepsy, arthritis, chronic pain, and sleeping disorders. Daily Dose makes an extremely safe and effective product that we know you will love, enjoy, and benefit from. Daily Dose has given Monkey Mind listeners 15% off all their orders. Head over to DailyDoseCBDInc.com and use promo code MONKEYMIND15 for 15% off your purchases. That's promo code MONKEYMIND15 for 15% off all your orders at DailyDoseCBDInc.com. Yeah, let's get into it. Um... Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And yeah. introduce yourself, tell everybody who you are and a little bit about your athletic background and what you're up to now. Sure. Yeah. So um, I'm Jamie Shupp. I, um, I live in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner. So um, that's also referred to as a holistic nutritionist. Um, and I'm also currently in a, another program called the Restorative Wellness Solutions Program. And um, that's just to further my knowledge base and allow me to run uh, functional testing labs on my clients um, and really help get to that root cause um, much more quickly. Um, and so basically um, nutritional therapy practitioners are often called NTPs for short. So NTPs work with clients to get to that root cause and really support them, um, help them with accountability, help them identify foods that are better for their body and really approach it with like a holistic whole foods approach. Um, and then using nutritional supplements, uh, when necessary. Okay. Um, awesome. so yeah, it's interesting. Uh, just a little bit more about my background. Um, my first career is in engineering. Um, so I've been in, an engineer and manufacturing environment for about 21 years. Um, but I've been talking about getting into nutrition for about 10 <laughs> of those years. Um, because I'm just super passionate about it. And, um, my passion's grown with my own health journey, which I'll get into later. Um, but it's, um, it's just really impactful for our health and, and well-being. So, um, but uh, regarding my, my sports background, uh, for your listeners, um, since you have a big sports pool here, mm -hmm. um, actually through like high school and most of my actually childhood, I studied dance. So all the ballet, jazz, you know, contemporary dance. Um, that was my sport. Um, but um, after college, I was looking for a way to get into, you know, to stay in shape. And I really got into running first. Um, but then I found road cycling in my 20s and I was totally hooked. And um, I started doing a lot of criterium style racing, road racing, mostly like road bikes mm -hmm. um, and some mountain bike mixed in. And, um, I, um, in St. Louis, there was a women's cycling group that I connected with and the pro cyclist that started the organization, 
uh, Carrie Cash. She um, just took me under her wings. She's an amazing person and just like literally taught me how to race my bike. Um, I traveled with her, you know, throughout the Midwest, um, along with my various teammates doing like sometimes 10 day race series um, in like Wisconsin um, and um, moved up to like a cat two level. So like in women's racing, if you're a cat two, you're racing with the pros. So you're, you know, our fields are small, so you have to travel quite a bit to find the bigger fields. Um, uh, but when I was like around 36, I decided to back off so that um, my husband and I could start a family. Awesome. No, that's super interesting. I think um, it kind of goes into what we talked about earlier about how, you know, your niche is whole body, you know, wellness um, for the maturing athlete and just kind of discovering that, you know, through your own journey and correct me if I'm wrong, but that as you get older, you can't, you know, treat your body the way you once were able to. And, you know, you can't really get away with some of the things that you were when you're younger. And I think that you take the approach, the holistic approach, which I'm all for, um, and that we preach here all the time in, you know, maintaining your health and wellness and your mental health through, you know, um, through nutrition. And I think, you know, th this, um, you know, NTP feel is, is something new to me. And, um, just discovering it, but, um, it, you know, after I read this book, um, this is your brain on food by Dr. Um, and it really dives into the whole science, you know, background of, of food and how it truly does affect I me. Mean, we, we talk about it all the time. Oh, food, 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 very important, but it really dives into how important it is. And, and like you mentioned the gut as well. So, um, you know, if we can kind of segue into that now and how, you know, there's a direct correlation with the foods that we eat and our gut health and how it has, you know, an effect on our mental health and kind of, like you said, your niche of, of what you do. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, I work with, um, some, uh, clients who are into like endurance sports and, um, you're eating a lot of foods that, you know, a lot of packaged foods. Um, sometimes you can find better foods, but, you know, I think, I think we're starting to, you know, athletes are starting to look a lot more at their food. But looking at the food you put in your body is a key component to both your performance and your mental health. Um, I think we can all recall a time when we ate something and it was like, you know, the next day you just kind of felt like garbage or maybe you felt like you were in a fog the whole next day. You know, um, that's a sign that you probably ate something that irritated your gut. And, um, you know, eating those highly processed and packaged foods coupled with all of our daily stresses, you know, chronic stress from just life, work, kids, all those, those things, you know, potential GI infections or dysbiosis in the gut, which you may not even be aware of environmental toxins. These can all lead to something called leaky gut and leaky gut means that those like tight junctions, um, that are in your small intestine, they start to open up due to that irritation of those like processed foods. And what they do is allow undigested foods and toxins directly into your bloodstream. And then your body sees that as an invader and tries to attack it. So long-term, this can lead to, you know, a lot of different conditions, including some autoimmune conditions. So um, just, you know, this creates like a negative feedback loop. So it opens up those junctions, allows things in that causes further, you know, inflammation. And it's just like a negative feedback loop in your gut. And so, you know, to really heal from leaky gut, which is a, a critical first step, you really need to work with a practitioner like an NTP or, you know, a, a functional doctor who can help you identify like trigger foods that are 
irritating the gut and also recommend beneficial supplements that can help rebalance that microbiome. But I did want to get into how the microbiome directly in, in, impacts um, our mental health. Um, it impacts neurotransmitter function. I mean, directly. Um, recent research shows that bacteria and organisms in our gut, it's sending signals up to your brain. And so like, here's an example, um, serotonin. It's a neurotransmitter that we associate with feeling calm and relaxed, satiated, happy. Um, serotonin is produced in the gut and there's actually more serotonin in your gut than in your brain. So if you have like certain dysbiotic bacteria in the gut, like for example, strep or E. coli, these bacteria directly impact serotonin production. So they could decrease serotonin if you're not aware of that you have strep or E. coli like in your gut and causing that, that out of balance. So, um, you know, if you have say good bacteria, like a lactobacillus, um, but you don't have enough lactobacillus, um, this, this particular bacteria, it produces, um, acetylcholine, which is a neurotransmitter that helps regulate your, your memory and attention, your learning and your mood and cognition. So you can see why, like if there's an imbalance, a gut imbalance, um, regardless of how it came to be, it's really important to get it back in balance because it really regulates hormone regulation pathways in the body. And these all directly impact our mental health and anxiety, depression, and perception of stress are all impacted by this microbiome balance. Um, I actually read recently that 60% of people with mood disorders have some sort of GI disruption. So that's a pretty big number. 60%. Yeah. Wow. I mean, so when you say perceived stress, can you just dive in a little bit deeper on what you mean by that? Sure. Yeah. Um, so like, I mean, I do a lot with, um, clients on just mind frame. And I know you had, uh, recently someone on your podcast talking a little bit about, more about mindset hmm. and, um, maybe some mindfulness. Um, mindfulness is a really important aspect in nutritional therapy as well, because, if you're not digesting, say you're eating all the right macronutrients and you're getting the nutrition, but if you're not digesting them, you're not absorbing them. So if you're in a stressed state all of the time and say like perceived stress, meaning like, you know, somebody could cut you off in traffic and you can either approach it like, you know, road rage and go, you know, like your blood pressure spikes, your cortisol jumps up, your adrenaline goes and you let yourself get in that state, or you can take a couple deep breaths and you can be like, okay, well, that really didn't impact my day that much. And like, let it roll off the shoulders, right? Like there's two different approaches. And of course it's going to depend on your mindset that day, that moment, whatever. But in general, if more, if you allow more of those little things to impact your stress levels, um, in that way, you're going to have that elevated cortisol all day long. And that directly impacts your microbiome, your, um, you know, because stress impacts your good bacteria and your bad bacteria balance. Um, it's going to affect your, your mood because high cortisol all the time is going to make you anxious. Um, so that's sort of um, a really important aspect that mindfulness, um, you know, I, I always encourage meditation. And when you sit down to eat, I think we're all such in a busy, hurried state all the time that 
it's easy to sit down and scarf down all of your food as fast as you can so you can go on to the next thing, right? Um, really sitting down in front of your food and uh, the simple thing like taking three deep breaths before you start eating, it helps with just mindfulness throughout the day, but it really helps you. It, it triggers your, your digestion actually starts in your brain, believe it or not, that when you're smelling that food in front of you while you're taking those breaths, your brain is now signaling to your saliva. Okay. Like you're about to eat, you know, you've seen a dog about to eat, right. They start drooling. They think, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're also animals. So, um, just sitting there thinking about eating and that preparation of food, that's the first step to getting your body like ready to digest. Um, so that's a super important aspect, um, for digesting. So you're absorbing those nutrients. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Um, that you mentioned that. And I think one thing I'm sure you, you hear a lot of is mindful eating and mindfulness in general. Um, me, especially when, when you go on social media or you just, pick up a magazine, whatever it talks about mindful eating, but it never really dives into how and why, mm -hmm. but like you talked about, you know, it's something simple, three deep breaths and just being in that present moment and lowering scientifically, as you spoke about lowering the cortisol levels and putting your body in a state to be able to take in the nutrients in the, in the right way. Um, I think it's important for people to hear the scientific, you know, reasoning for this because it just shows how important and it stresses the importance of it and why. Um, so I think that's, that's fantastic that you just mentioned that. I think a lot of people will find that super beneficial and understand, okay, like, this is why this is so important. Because I, I think a lot of this stuff kind of touches surface level, but you just kind of went deeper as to actually why this helps. Um, yeah. So, and then I wanted to kind of talk about, um, you know, foods that really spike anxiety and depression, some that could combat that. But before we got into that, you also mentioned um, how the digestive process starts in our brain, correct? Mm -hmm. And how mental disorders um, can be, you know, combated through the gut. And one thing I read in that book was that the gut and the brain are connected through the vagus nerve. Mm -hmm. Am I correct? Vagus. Oh, yeah. Vagus, vagus nerve. nerve. Okay. Mm -hmm. I always have a hard time pronouncing that's that, okay. but vagus nerve. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I read. And that kind of made me realize that, okay, wow. Like this is why there's another direct correlation, but it's also information that's not out there. Um, or as readily out there as, as it should be. So um, I think that's also important if you want to just touch on that before we kind of dive into the foods that. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, that vagus nerve is a nerve that literally runs from your brain stem all the way down to your gut. And there's a lot of new research happening that's looking at that impact of your gut microbiome and that, you know, the, there's a, uh, a uh, process in, that regulates your hormones called the HPA access. I don't know if you're familiar with that, um, it, but okay. Can't remember <laughs> too much about it. Um, and it just stands for, it stands for a few of those organs. So hypothalamus, adrenal, okay. uh, pituitary. So these are all um, things that regulate and release hormones. So that vagus nerve is directly communicating with the central nervous system, which is releasing those hormones, including like all these neurotransmitters we talked about uh, and a plethora of more. I just mentioned a couple um, and that cortisol and it's that's a direct communication link. So when something's off in the gut, they're finding that's sending like kind of like bad signals to the brain about like what's releasing, what should be releasing. And um, 
And that is like a really important piece. So in order to calm, if, if you're able to calm yourself um, and use my, that mindfulness, the three deep breaths, some sort of meditation or mindfulness, whatever works for you. I mean, there's no one mindfulness activity that's right for everybody. Um, that's going to get yourself in that, they call it rest and digest state. So that's where your, your body's saying, okay, it's safe to digest right now. I don't have anything to worry about. I can my, let my body do its thing because if you're, you know, about to, you know, play a game, you know, you, you played a game and like right before the game, your gut like might say, oh man, I don't know. Like I need to, uh, you know, take a minute and empty out because you yeah. think you're going to fight, you know, you're ready to fight. And that happens with any rate. Like when I would do races, it's mm -hmm. very common for athletes. Your that's your body's getting that signal from that central nervous system to say, you don't need to digest right now. We need to empty. You need to be, you know, ready to fight. You don't need to think about doing these other activities. So um, that's just one example of how that, that central nervous system is communicating with the gut. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I, I remember before games, I'd, I'd be fine. I'd be drinking, <laughs> hydrating, drinking my water, whatever, having normal, you know, be honest, I would be urinating normally, but then when I get to the rink and then it's about getting closer and closer to, you know, puck drop, I noticed I, I would not even joke, like I would urinate like five times in between warmups and the first period. And I don't know if that was because I'm like just hyper anxious all the time. And so like maybe that's extreme, but yeah, I can specifically remember moments where that happened quite a bit. So um, yeah, that, that makes sense. And um, if we can just kind of, you know, go into, you know, some foods that can really be detrimental and um, you mentioned processed foods, but you know, other foods that can be really detrimental towards uh, mental health and just kind of things to, to watch out for. And then yeah, obviously sure. we can go into foods that combat, um, you know, anxiety, depression, things of that nature. Sure. Yeah. Like generally speaking, like supporting your blood sugar regulation is super, like it's the first critical step in supporting our mental health. So you, you know, if, you've ever noticed, like if you've ever gotten shaky, you can just blood sugar dropping can cause you to get shaky, anxious. You can sweat sometimes. I mean, you can have a lot of those same anxiety type symptoms just from your blood sugar dropping. Um, so that means like eliminating processed and packaged foods as much as possible, like reading your labels um, and making sure any packaged foods have minimal ingredients. And high quality oils is another key thing. So like, you know, speaking of oils, like most people don't realize how much inflammation that processed vegetable oils can cause in the body. So steering clear of like canola, corn, and soybean oils. These are super highly processed oils to get it from that vegetable into that oil form. And they're basically rancid by the time they like reach your mouth. So focusing on a variety of oils, both saturated and unsaturated that are, are more whole food forms like coconut oils, olive oils, lard, even lard, you know, you need some saturated fats, lards, fatty fish, you know, butter, just real foods. Um, and fats are key components to cell membranes and hormone production. That includes some of those neurotransmitters that we talked about that help impact mental health in a good way. So, um, 
fats also help your energy, you know, with your energy absorption. So like it slows the digestion of your food so that your body has time to do the absorbing in your GI tract. Um, they aid in also fat soluble vitamins like A, D, E, and K. So you need fat in order to get that, you know, everybody's talking about vitamin D right now. You need fat in your diet to absorb vitamin D. Um, and like I mentioned before, if you're not digesting well, though, you're not going to absorb this. Um, so um, we talked a lot about that rest and digest state and um, making sure that you're, you're in a relaxed state. Um, and hydration is also a really key component. Um, dehydration can cause a lot of the same symptoms, um, you know, as anxiety, the headaches, shakiness. Um, you can even have heart palpitations from lack of hydration. I mean, I think most um, athletes are pretty keyed in on their hydration, but it's still something a lot of people drink either really sugary sports drinks. Um, you know, I don't want to name any names, but there's a lot of sugar laden sports drinks out there. But there's also a lot of really good electrolyte products right now that don't include sugar. And I think they can be a really key component because if you're just drinking a bunch of water, it will just flush through you. Your body doesn't have time to like really absorb it. So adding electrolytes, especially pre and post event, um, can be really critical to staying hydrated during your game or event and then recovering afterwards. So um, on a daily basis, almost, especially in the summertime, I use electrolytes just, you know, throughout the day so that when it does come time to, for the workout or the, you know, race, ride, whatever you're doing, um, you're, you're ready, you're hydrated. Awesome. And then, so hydration and always having electrolytes and even for the average person, you would suggest this, correct? Yeah. So some yeah. Sort of I don't think, yeah. And it could be as simple as a pinch of high quality sea salt in your okay. water. You know, you wake up dehydrated and a lot of people go right to that cup of coffee mm -hmm. or tea. And that's another thing I should mention, you know, caffeine, that's kind of a trigger for, especially folks who struggle with anxiety. Um, caffeine just ramps up your system. It spikes that cortisol in your body. And um, so avoiding, I know nobody wants to hear this, but avoiding the caffeine can be really beneficial. Everybody loves their coffee, but um, you know, if you're going to do the coffee, at least try to have a big glass of water with some sea salt or electrolytes before you go there, because it's going to, and, and ideally eat your breakfast before you have your coffee, because that'll blunt that impact by having a little bit of protein and fat with that caffeine, it'll slow that impact down. Okay. I think, um, if you feel comfortable talking about it, I think, you know, as we mentioned before, we, you know, hit record and talked about this. You mentioned that you had some struggles with your depression and you found that the holistic approach with nutrition has really helped you. And I, if you feel comfortable, I want you to talk about that because I want to really, you know, reiterate that there are natural approaches for people to kind of get themselves out of some situations that they're in. Um, and I know that I've been in some pretty tough spots and some pretty dark spots and it feels like it's never going to end and it can be pretty dark, but I just, you know, we always talk about how you're not alone and that it's okay to not be okay. And I think this is one thing people can do, um, mm -hmm. you know, clean up what they eat and their, and their food intake to make a, you know, a real big impact. And I think if, if you, 
you know, feel comfortable sharing, um, talking about your experience and how this has helped you. Cause I want to really, you know, reiterate the importance of, of the holistic approach and nutrition and how it all plays a role in, in mindfulness, like you talked about. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'd love to share. Um, yeah, my experience with mental health, I mostly came directly after about a year after I had my son, which was about seven years ago. Um, he was about a year old and I found myself in a state of chronic fatigue and battling with some depression symptoms. Um, I just remember driving home from work and for no apparent reason would just start sobbing and just cried all the way home from work. And I just, I was like, why do I feel off? You know, I just don't feel like myself. And, um, you know, I'd even started, I, you know, I would blame it on not riding, but I actually started riding my bike again, right away. I was even dabbling in some mountain bike racing and, you know, looking back, I probably try to do too much too soon. Um, it's easier to look back and see these things, but, um, you know, I wasn't getting enough sleep. I was getting up with a baby <laughs> every night and I was working full time. I was trying to train and get back to racing and, um, you know, going to the gym and all the things. And, um, and I was really in a funk. I mean, I just remember laying on the floor with my kiddo, like just down and tired and like feeling like I couldn't pick myself up and play with them. And that's when it really hit me that I needed to do something about it because I wanted to be there for my kid and I wanted to play with them, you know? Um, so uh, fortunately a friend of mine referred me to a functional doctor who helped me start my road to recovery, um, both on the physical and mental side. Um, I discovered that I had some, um, pretty major gut dysbiosis. So some bacteria out of balance and, um, we started treating that, um, I had some mineral deficiencies, like low in mag, I was very low in magnesium. This is, um, uh, a mineral that many people are actually deficient in. And, um, it's pretty common if you have a lot of chronic stress, um, to be low in magnesium. Uh, so, you know, at first, sometimes when you're treating things and pulling foods out that are inflammation triggers, you kind of get a worsening of, uh, your symptoms. And, um, that did happen for me, um, for about a week. And then things really started turning around and I just, I had a drastic improvement. It was, it was kind of an, uh, sorry, aha moment for mm. me. Um, and just how powerful that, that gut connection is to our brains and our health and our energy. And it was really just a turning point for me. And so ever since then, I've kind of been on this road till just learning more because it's just fascinated me. And I also just really want to help other people not go through what I went through or just realize that, you know, some of the symptoms, the depression, anxiety that you're dealing with, it might just be part, you know, partly at least due to some of the foods that you're putting in your body that's causing an inflammatory response. So, um, yeah, that's, that's sort of my story. And I, you know, also had a little anxiety like everybody last mm -hmm. year with COVID. Um, and, but I had tools now, you, you know, I had yep. tools to go back to. And, um, I knew if I cleaned up my, like, focus on my diet. It's a thing you can focus on. Like you said, like it's something you can put your energy into and like really pay attention to like, does this, how does this affect me? How do I feel when I eat this or drink this like alcohol? Like, you know, I know now that it's not like the best thing for me. 
Um, and CBD, I know you have a sponsor, like I use CBD for anxiety management. And I think it's great now that it's so accessible to everybody. I think it's a really good tool also for like, either if you're at a long-term anxiety, but like I use it in acute, you know, in an acute flare sort of situation mm -hmm. where I have like a little, uh, week of anxiety. So, um, it's just good to have all those tools in your toolbox so that you can pull them out whenever something pops up. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, um, yeah, the CBD has worked great for me. The way I can describe it, I don't know if you can relate, but it's like that background noise just kind of simmers down a bit. Mm -hmm. um, it's nothing too, too crazy, but it definitely yeah. is noticeable. And it's just that background noise kind of quiets down and kind of a little bit more control over my thoughts, which I don't know if do you feel like the same way. No, you. I have like, I carry my stress like in my neck and shoulders. So when okay. I feel it creeping on or sometimes I'll get this eye twitch and I, when I have an eye twitch, I know like I'm internalizing my anxiety and stress. Mm -hmm. And, um, if I start the CBD, it, like you said, it's not an immediate thing. Like it takes a few days of doing it to really feel it, but I'll feel like I'll wake up one morning and realize, Oh, my shoulders aren't like Mm -hmm. so tense and yep. you know my eyes not twitching anymore so that's I sort of internalize it you know yeah no definitely and I, I like the word you said tools it's kind of something that's been coming up recently um because there are tools out there for people to use and this is one of them and we want to keep getting this information out there to everybody um I think that your story is super important too I think a lot of people can relate to that as well I mean I'm someone who always kind of has dealt with anxiety to some level and different bouts of depression. You were someone who didn't really experience it at all until, you know, you're one bout with depression. I think that they're both completely normal. Um, there's plenty of people out there who never experienced any sort of, you know, quote unquote, like mental health issue or mental illness, but it might come up at some point in your life and there might be various reasons for it. And for you, it was, you know, different imbalances in your gut and you found ways and, and tools and, and different methods to, to get that right and fix it. And um, I think that's so important to talk about is that it manifests differently for everybody. Some people may never experience it, but some people may, and it might, you know, really surprise them and shock them and mm -hmm. really put them down. But there, there are tools out there. There are things that you can do and they're not crazy, crazy fixes. They're just, Hey, right. couple, couple supplements here, mix these vegetables in, mix these different foods, take some of these out and, all of a sudden you're yeah, kind of back in rhythm. Speaking of that, actually, there's something else, another tool that I think is really helpful. Um, sauna, there's many research studies showing how much sauna can help with depression. Um, so really? like I actually bought an infrared sauna for my house after no like way. learning about this. And um, but like you could use one in a gym or whatever, but like um there's um, yeah, I just really went down the rabbit hole on that. Um, so that heat therapy can really help with depression as well. That's just another tool. Okay. What, what do they say? Like, what's the timing for that? Um, it, like, I think it's on a scale. So like, okay. I, I think the, my sauna doesn't go up as high in temperature. It, uh -huh. The infrared only goes up to about 140 degrees Fahrenheit. And I think you are supposed to stay in there like 40 minutes or so oh, really? to like really get the benefit. But if you can get to like a steam sauna that goes up to like 170, 180, I think you can do like a 20 or 20 minute session and like get the same benefit, but that sounds really intense. <laughs> so, yeah. but yeah, there's, um, there's a geneticist, Dr. Rhonda Patrick that I'm totally obsessed with. <laughs> and she goes 
into all the science behind it. She cites all the research. Um, so I'm just like kind of qu quoting some of the stuff that I've heard from her, but I've mm. directly felt it, the impact for myself. I'll usually do 30 minutes at 140. And I just, I sleep like a baby that same, that night. I just feel good the next day. Like I, I can't explain it. Like, like you're talking about the background noise. I guess it does kind of just kind of let things wash over you a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, I've just, I've really enjoyed the sauna and it also helps with those detox pathways, you know, sweating out some of, you know, the toxins in our environment that become part of our system, unfortunately. Um, it's just another good health tool that I really enjoy. And it has the added benefit of helping uh, with depression as well. Interesting. I did not know that. I had no clue. Um, I always kind of thought of it as like a, you know, like a physical benefit. You're kind of just sweating out any toxins, whatever, but I never really thought of it as like a, a mental benefit really to, um, you know, reap rewards that way. But that's interesting. Um, yeah. That's another thing that people can start doing now. I mean, I can't, I'm in New Jersey, everything's locked up here. So all the gyms are, you know, you can also take, you know, she talks about this because a lot of people don't have saunas and everything's still locked down, but a, a really hot bath for 30, 35 minutes, just try to submerge up to the neck and, okay. um, you know, just keep, you may have to like drain and refill with hot water a couple of times, but a really hot bath can have, you know, it's like I said, it's a scale. It's not all or nothing. So, you know, try it there. You don't have, you know, it's not a big investment to fill up your bathtub with water. Um, so that's, you know, just like trying to pay attention to does this food, you know, make me really grumpy or irritate irritable the next day. These are things that are cheap to do. Like you yeah. can just try this and just start paying attention to those things. No, definitely. That's, uh, that's awesome that you said that I'm going to start, uh, trying implementing that more so in, into my, um, my routines. That's awesome. Thank you. And, yeah. um, if you can just, um, you know, shout out, you know, your daily bag of goodness, um, that's where you do your work and kind of talk about what a visit would be like, or kind of the work you do if say I was, you know, coming to see you. And cause a lot of people don't know what, you know, seeing an NTP is like. So if you can kind of just, I guess, ease the process for anyone who's interested. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah, so my business is Daily Bag of Goodness, and um, I'm at daily bag of uh, www.dailybagofgoodness.com. I'm also on Instagram at Daily Bag of Goodness, so that's pretty easy. But um, so yeah, if you meet with a nutritional therapist, um, we get a very detailed health and lifestyle history. We want to know all the things. I mean, we talk about your bowel movements. That's a very important key in understanding how you're digesting. So. We also talk about things like, were you breastfed as a baby? Because that actually affects your microbiome your entire life, believe it or not. You know, how many rounds of antibiotics you might've been on? Those kind of detailed questions. And then we use those questions to, along with an in, initial interview. So you probably like fill out really long questionnaires and then you would sit down with a, an NTP for probably a, an hour to 90 minutes to go over any questions we might have about your, your paperwork and that sort of thing. And then basically all this information helps us identify which systems of the body are the most stressed. So like we talked about blood sugar regulation, you know, certain symptoms would point to that um, upper GI or lower GI issues. 
if your liver or gallbladder is struggling, um, if your hormones are out of balance, um, if you're having immune system issues um, or vitamin or mineral deficiency. So then you would, we would talk about but like recommend changes to the diet, your lifestyle, um, and any supplements to support that system or a couple systems that are most taxed. And, um, you know, we talked before about the blood sugar balance, because I really, I, every athlete I've worked with has some sort of blood sugar imbalance. In fact, most people, you know, athletic or not have a blood sugar imbalance just due to eating uh, standard American diet. So, you know, if you're getting shaky between meals, we'll talk about like, are you getting headaches? Are you moody and irritable? Do you feel anxious? Do you have memory or foggy brain type, you know, symptoms? Um, because unfortunately those grab and go products that everybody goes to are just not balanced very well in protein and fat. And so it just spikes the blood sugar. And then what happens is you crash after that, mm. you know, you don't have that nice, easy, you know, increase and decrease in your blood sugar, like you should. So, you know, I usually, you know, all NTPs approach things with a whole food diet. So talking about how to get in more whole foods. Um, you know, I talk with people who are athletes about, you know, what are good foods pre and post workout? You know, what are you having now? How does it make you feel? And what are some swaps we can do that's more whole food based? and then see how you feel, you know, and then, um, just, just to balance out that blood sugar. Um, and then typically you'd have like a follow-up meeting every month or so to check in, tweak some things. We usually set long-term goals and short-term, you know, you want to baby step. People aren't ready ever <laughs> to just jump to the, you know, well, let's do all these things, you know? So we really try to make it accessible and easy for you to improve your health. So like baby steps. So maybe you're only drinking 50 ounces of water a day and you really should be drinking 80 ounces of water a day. So, you know, your first goal might be let's drink 65 ounces of water a day and then we'll get there, you know, so taking those small steps and then helping along the way with any email, you know, I let folks email, text me if they're at the grocery store and they have a question about a product or whatnot and um, just help them along the way. And then some people just need the accountability too, you know, mm. food journaling. Some people love them. Some people don't. So um, I leave it up to the client if they want to do a food journal and have me evaluate it and talk about where we could swap foods and things like that. And some people just want to talk about their diet in general terms. Um, so those are the sort of things that we would do. And then just continue to meet on about a monthly you know, four to six week basis and check in. Awesome. No, that's awesome. That's a lot of great information. I think um, it's important. I think, you know, um, like you said, the accountability thing, I think people kind of uh, need that. I think it's an area of our lives. I think a lot of us neglect, especially when fast food's everywhere and we're in such a rush. And I think it's important to reiterate slowing down and, you know, holding each other accountable to, making right choices for longevity and just overall, you know, good mental health. So I think that's great stuff. And um, we don't want to take up too much of your time. If there's, you know, a piece of advice that you could give someone who maybe went through the same thing that you went through or for the maturing athletes, anything that you would want, um, you know, someone to take away from that. I mean, the biggest thing, which I think this podcast is fully promoting is that you don't have to go this alone. I mean, you said it earlier and 
you know, it is true. Like lean on your friends, lean on your family. There's a lot of professionals out there and, you know, think about working with a nutritional therapist or functional doctor to support your gut health, because it really does have a direct impact on your mental health. And there is a possibility that your diet could be playing a part. So it's really fully worth exploring. Definitely. Well, awesome. That's great. Thank you so much. Really appreciate taking the time to chat with with me today. And um, it was a pleasure having you on. This is gonna be really beneficial for a lot of people listening. So thank you so much. Thank you. It was great to talk to you. Thanks so much. Likewise.